Hi, Brandon Monroe here, and you're listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Well, from Gateway to Portland, we have a lot to talk about after another, I guess, interesting weekend of racing. I'm Brandon Monroe. Alongside me, as always, is Mark Chavez, and let's just jump right into it, starting with the truck race at Gateway. I think we all thought it was going to be a bounce back for KBM, and at the end of the day, it was Corey Heim getting his second win of the season, but how we got there was a very windy, twisty road. Uh, Stage one was pretty calm, ended up with the 18 of Chandler Smith winning it, Heim in second, John Hunter in third, and from there, it looks like, hey, it's going to be a pretty strong KBM day. And stage two just kind of went off the rails. Started with an incident between the 17 and the 66. And that set up the first big incident of the day with John Hunter Nemechek. And right out of the gate there early in stage two, one of the favorites already done. Yeah, it was uh, those KBM cars, they bounced back. They had speed, as you said. But for John Hunter, at least, was a poor ending to the day. Um, I mean, the KBM cars weren't the, well, Corey Himes' truck wasn't the best one. Chandler Smith maybe had the best truck, but had his day at least temporarily upended by contact with Grant Infinger. Had to bounce back from there, but it was was a good race. An exciting finish, for sure. Although certainly some uh, controversy coming from it. uh, I think that's a bit of an understatement there, so... Obviously, you mentioned John Hunter. Uh, Chandler Smith got into it with Grant Enfinger. Chandler Smith wanted his spotter to go fight Grant Spotter, even though I don't really think that was a spotter mistake in that yeah, I incident. I don't know how it's... <laughs> I don't think the spotter told Enfinger he was clear. I think Enfinger just got loose. He just kind of stuffed it in there. We, we had a lot of racing like that across the weekend in all the series with guys trying to put it in holes that weren't necessarily there. But, you know, jumping out of stage two, uh, Ben Rhodes... Kind of, kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like he wasn't really up there in stage one. He sneaks his way up there in a wild stage two, gets a playoff point, and it looked like for a little while he he might have it in stage three. Um, as the race went on, there uh, things shake out. Rhodes' car kind of fades. Derek Krause gets up there on a strategy call, and then with a couple laps to go, Christian Eckes is able to race his way up to the lead. It looks like Eckes has it in the bag. And then one of the other Grays, this time Tanner Gray, has a tire go down, backs it in the fence, and that sets up the finish of the race where I know you were very outspoken with everything that happened there, so I'll let you go first. Um, Green-white checkered finish, obviously Kraus decides to go on the outside lane there, and I know you had a big problem with that decision that he made. It's just a loser move. I don't imagine very many scenarios where two to go taking fourth is the position that you think when you have a chance to take second just on the front row that deciding line up fourth second on the outside is ever the race winning move maybe at a plate track if it's your teammate or someone you can push pretty well but going there it just it, it really just doesn't make any sense at all with two to go if your goal is to win the race if your goal is to finish second something that Kraus still didn't manage to do then maybe that is the move, but when you're in his position where you 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 don't take second, you're, you're forty plus points back of the playoffs with what are we now five six races to go. You need to catch him. You need to do something. You're in the best chance of your career to win a race, and you decide to take line up second on the outside and 
It just it's not a move of someone that wants to win. And the worst part about it is that I don't know if it was crew chief or a spotter he was talking with, but they seem to agree with him. And I just think I don't I think you'd be hard pressed to find another racer out there that thinks that was the right move, regardless of the outcome. You have a chance to take that fr- the first line there. There's very few tracks where you don't take that front line if you have the front row and you have the shot to take it. Yeah, I, I, I also don't like the move just because he was at a tire disadvantage, too. Like, even if yeah. you're able to push... It was a tire disadvantage, head, but everyone's yeah. tires were 30-plus laps old. I mean, like, his... I, well, they only took two on that last one. He was probably on, like, 50, 60 laps. I don't old. think it, the tire mattered that much. I agree, but, I mean, I, I don't even think that's that big of big of a deal. It's just, I don't know a scenario where you want to not take the front row. Maybe Martinsville is about the only scenario. When, when the inside line is a dominant line, and you can maybe push that first guy up into the second guy, get around both of them, then that can work, and I can see it as a valuable strategy. But when you're restarting here fourth, you have, how, how could you push the first guy to get past the guy in front of you to get past the guy on the bottom? It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And even through all of that, Probably not the dumbest thing that Derek Krause did on those last two laps. But before we get to that, just how the restart shook out. Uh, Corey Heim, great restart. Eckes spun the tires, got knocked around there by Krause. Opens the door for Corey Heim, who made a pretty aggressive block on Chandler yeah, Smith. Chandler Smith is going to wreck him at some point this year. I, I, when, when he did that, I was thinking, man, Corey Heim is lucky that Chandler Smith is his teammate. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I think... And so that that had disaster written all over. He's uh, I can't fault him for doing it because it worked. No, you. I mean, you. You know. But you man, made, that was you, questionable. You need to make to maybe win mm-hmm. the race. I don't really think that Chandler Smith gave him a break at all. I think it was just yeah. a, he had just enough space that it worked. But it was yeah. certainly aggressive. You're part time. You're trying to win races. Um, trying to show that you you belong here. I think that's something he's certainly done, even if he hadn't won the race. I've been impressed with him since he started racing the trucks last year. You know, this is this is one of those kids, and we've seen it through a lot of the Toyota development guys. There's been guys that pop right out of the gate in trucks, and then they kind of fade back. I mean, Todd Gillen had some good runs initially, and then he eventually lost his ride, though. I think it somewhat worked out for him as he's in the Cup Series now. Um, but there's, there's just some people where you don't know until they get into a full-time ride, I think. But Corey Heim is definitely I mean, at least he deserves of a shot ride. at the bare oh, minimum. Yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of surprised he didn't get one this year with how he ran in Arca. It's kind of weird to me how he's just running part time in almost everything right now. But you know the what he was doing there, he's able to get the lead, got out front when the race went to yellow with about half a lap to go. Ended up picking up the win because of that, though it looked like he pretty much had on Lockie had a pretty big gap on Eckes to that point. But that brings us to the next incident involving Derek Kraus, where I don't really know what happened there other than he was pissed off that he threw the race away and he decided to take it out on Carson Hosevar. Yeah, Rex Carson Hosevar, Carson gets into the wall, winds up sliding back down, takes a hard impact to the driver's side door, and still we don't actually know as of right now what the extent of his injuries are just that he is waiting to speak with a specialist before talking more does he did say that it was his ankle uh but it was just a a bush league move in the worst kind of way yeah no i mean that was when i saw the replay of it i mean when you 
it's funny because there's some people that I've talked about, maybe not necessarily on here, where like there are situations where you might deserve to get hooked like that in a turn if you have like a rap sheet of offenses that you've done. Not saying it's necessarily acceptable, but if somebody felt like they wanted to do that to say, I don't know, with all the issues he's caused this year, Ty Gibbs, I might sit here and be like, yeah, yeah, that was, he had it coming. Uh, to my knowledge, there's been nothing between Hosevar and Kraus so far this year. I know Hosevar's had his issues with Ryan Priest, and, you know, he does drive aggressively. And, you know, ironically, we were sitting here last week talking about these young kids, like, you know, maybe needing a reality check. And I, I feel bad for Hosevar here because he, he did nothing wrong. He's just minding his own business, trying to recover after he got into an incident with Matt Crafton where he spun out. And now, you know, his season could potentially be up in the air. Um, because it, it sounds like the injury, you know, it's it's bad enough where it could affect how he races, especially next week when you're going to Sonoma. But, you know, Krause is one of those kids where he, he treats everything like he does, you know, video games, in my opinion. Like, he's somebody that you see on iRacing, and he, for, you know, just he, he drives like an idiot on there, and he takes it over to the racetrack. So I can't say I'm surprised to see him do something like that. We saw him make some really dumb moves at the end of the Las Vegas race, which, you know, when you're watching, it's like, man, he's going to injure somebody. And it caught up to him today or on Saturday. And, you know, if I'm NASCAR, I don't know what you do here in this situation. <sighs> you can maybe give him a points penalty or something. I know personally I would for other reasons, but that's kind of opening up another can of worms because yeah, I think really, you, you give the yeah. points penalty you've established that it can be done and it shouldn't happen just because, and it's as unfortunate as it is for Carson. It shouldn't happen just because Carson got injured. You know, it's, uh, it just sucks because like now if, if host is missing races, you have somebody like Kraus who's wasn't in position to make the playoffs unless he got a win. And now he could race his way in on points. I think that's what really just rubs me the wrong way about the whole thing. I agree at the very least. I, I think a move like that unprovoked, you got to have some type of punishment there. He should probably be on probation for at least the rest of the regular season, probably the rest of the year, because this isn't the first time that he's driven like that in these races. Yeah, I'm not, like I said, I'm not opposed to a points penalty, but just it needs, it needs to be something that would have happened regardless of the contact that, or the, the injury that Hosevar ultimately has. Uh, because quite frankly, it's not, it, at that point, it's random chance. We saw Carl wreck Brad here decade, a little over a decade ago. And, I mean, Brad certainly could have gotten injured in that wreck. He wrecked him basically in front of the entire field coming to the white flag, or checkered flag. And, and it certainly could have wrecked Brad. I mean, we know Bob Kislowski was very upset with it. Uh, and it certainly could have injured Brad with with the way it was. He wound up spinning some games. pretty damn hard hits in that one too. There were, there were, yeah. And so that's just my point: is we you, it's dumb, I think, to penalize Kraus just because Hosevar got injured. I I don't. I'm not necessarily opposed to a penalty if someone's going to if people for people just. And I, I've talked about it before. I think right rearing someone like that is, or I guess. Yeah, I mean, it was his right ear. It's about the worst, or I guess that was Carson's left rear. Left but rear, yeah. It's about the worst thing I think you can do in a car. It's one thing when you're just bumping someone, they get loose, and you, you door slam them, you're racing hard, but when you just take someone out by just spinning them from their quarter panels, 
about the worst move you could make. Uh, so I personally just, I wouldn't be opposed to a penalty. Like I said, I just want it to happen regardless of injury. I, I will say with the one with Keslowski and Edwards, because that's probably just the most comparable, not just because it was at the same track, but just everything else that was going on and how they'd been driving that, to that point up in that year. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, that was about a 60-point penalty. That's under the old point system, so I mean, max points around then, not between first and last, but the most points you could personally gain in a race was, I think, probably around 190, 195, somewhere in that area. It was one... <sighs> It was around that area, but also you effectively could only gain like about 130 on a person, right, assuming I, you both race the race. I'm just saying from that, like out of a total, out of not necessarily the gap you could gain on somebody. Like but he, I mean, the most basically people, got I feel a like kind yeah, of treated true. it like it was. Because that's the thing is, you know, they're going to be in the race. I, what I was going to say was that penalty was pretty much drawn up if you go back and look at the race because Brad and Carl, uh, yeah, Brad and Carl were in a pretty tight points battle yeah. at that point. That penalty was basically the amount of spots Brad lost yeah. from getting dumped. So, I mean, if you wanted to do that, looks well, like Kosovar probably. NASCAR's look, pretty standard, yeah. I feel like, with their penalties these days. Yeah, I was saying, so if you want to look at it from like that standpoint, Kosovar lost about 20 points. I, I don't know necessarily if I'd go from, you know, that standpoint, but it's something to look at. I don't think they're going to do a points penalty. I, I think you have to sit them down and, you know, put them on probation. I really do, because this is just something that he, he's been doing this type of crap for a while, and, you know, it, it unfortunately injured Josevar, and I think I got to do something. I, I don't know if they will at this point. I, I'm leaning towards they probably won't, but It'll be interesting right. to see how that shakes out. It's going to be real interesting when Josefar can't race the whole race, gets swapped uh, after the first lap at Sonoma, and Ross Chastain goes on to win the race. I mean, at this point, I, I, it'd be a pretty crappy way for Josefar to get his first win. Not not like crappy, like, oh, man, that's that's Biaz just kind of suck because like, he's come so close. Like That's how you end up getting it, but... They're gonna have to do something. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily sound like it's like broke or shattered. I mean, there's a lot of bones down there. Something might be broke, but like, it's not. It's not a situation where I feel like he's missing months, like when Kyle Busch had his injury at Daytona. Mm. So that that at least is one positive. We'll see what ends up happening with Hosevar there. I know he's supposed to do a late model race or a super late model race up in uh, Michigan on Wednesday. That's probably going to be a no definitely going to have to rest up since they are going to a road course next week and that's the other unfortunate thing if they're going to just a regular oval he'd probably be okay but with all the shifting and breaking and everything that you have to do it, it's going to be a pretty tough task for him to do that race if he is cleared yeah i mean it's you would be at this point pretty surprising if he could run the the whole sonoma race yeah that would that would be a, a pretty tough task, but you can do this, and that's, then NASCAR is going to have to institute a rule that you don't get in on someone yeah. else finishing your car. Uh, they could, might. It wouldn't shock me. We, if they did we joked like that. that year, was it two years ago, when Austin was having a real good run in the playoffs, that oh, RCR should just pull him out at the Roval. This is before he had a, a top fifteen in and put Kaz in, so that maybe just get more points there. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I I wish they did it just for you know the laughs, but yeah, Austin's a racer. He wouldn't have done that. You know, speaking of just racers and 
people like that, you know, looking at some guys that did end up having some good finishes. Johnny Sauter, another top five. Begin to think maybe he shouldn't have went part time, but maybe these runs are just because he doesn't have the wear I mean, and tear I, I, on. I also think he's also, he's also trying to run tracks that he, tra- at tracks he's good at. So I'm sure he, that that he run good at the tracks he was good at last year. So <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. So that's a pretty solid run there. Um, I mean, I I don't think it's been talked enough about, but I mean, Christian Eckes has been a very unfortunate person in terms of late race caution the last. Yeah, few he, weeks. he could have a couple of wins. I feel like already this year. Well, I think the broadcast said leading at each of the last two white flags oh. uh, before this past weekend and. Obviously, didn't necessarily deserve to win at uh, where were we at? Charlotte, yeah, Last at week, Charlotte, yeah. at Charlotte. But was in a you know he didn't have the best car, but was in a position because of the late race shenanigans, and and I it was also in a position at Texas ra- raced uh, Stuart Friesen really hard there. You have to go back a couple months, but he was in position at Las Vegas too when he ended mm-hmm. up spinning himself off Kyle Busch. I mean, yeah, guess is fast right he, now. I mean, he has been fast. He has four top fives, four straight top fives, and five and six races. Has moved himself up a little bit in the standings. So certainly has been uh, doing pretty well lately. Just is trying to get through and, and get a get a solid day in. Solid, solid uh, day is what he's getting in. Trying to get through. Just get the finish. This was it was the last you know twenty five laps. Ben Rhodes was kind of cruising, man. Something went wrong in his car. Derek Kraus passed him, and that's the real unfortunate thing because of Derek Kraus's moves. Is it was shaping up to be a career day for him, uh, even if he wasn't necessarily in a position to win the race. He looked like he had. I mean, he had showed a lot of talent. Led led at the end, ran down Ben Rhodes and got passed by Eckes. Was still going to fall, finish second. It looked like and. You know, would have kept the story just on can he get himself into this battle and then he has the terrible lane choice uh, on that final restart and then gets into this incident with Hosevar and now just and what what could have been a good weekend. I mean, just finishing seventh, I feel like, would have been another solid week for him. Instead, it's kind of all the wrong attention. Yeah, definitely not good there. Um, somebody on a positive note, you know, making his first start, a little bit of a wild day, a couple of rookie incidents, but uh, Rajah Karuth, I think a lot of people were wondering what he could do in this equipment. You know, it's some, even though it's only been cup guys and Austin Hill running at Daytona, which he's a really good plate racer. Um, you haven't really seen somebody like Rajah step into the Spire Motorsport 7, and he came out there, he had a bunch of ups and downs, had a spin, had a speeding penalty, also found himself racing in the top five for part of the race, ended up finishing 11th. I'd, I'd say he passed the test in terms of this type of equipment. He, he uh, looked pretty solid out there. Agreed 100%. A uh, mm-hmm. little bit looked like he had a top 10, and then uh, when they reviewed the scoring, it, it was not a top 10 for him. But, I mean, there's no, nothing to be ashamed of 11th in your first race uh, in the series. And a truck that's good, but I'm pretty sure even when the, these trucks are not brand new trucks. I don't remember when they're from. I think the one Chase drove at Bristol was like 15 years old or something. Like, like these are not, these are Spires putting together decent trucks, but these are not, uh, you know, A plus level trucks. And so they're <laughs> still getting solid runs out of them and running, running well. The guys that have been in it, and then obviously even Raja with a solid finish, I think. I mean, he just, he kept the truck clean for the most part. Um, just been running strong. Mm-hmm. Ran strong, and I mean, he's shown some speed in the Xfinity series. Uh, had a 
decent run going at Dover, uh, and then I don't. I think something broke on a car, and is our our current ARCA points leader. So he's showing he's got the stuff to at least deserve a shot. And I would not be surprised if come next year he has a shot in either the Xfinity or the the Truck Series. So I've I've heard a couple things kicked around with him. It sounds like the plan. You know, if the money is there for him to go full time with Alpha Prime next year. That's the the one rumor that I've heard kicked around a little bit. But if you're Raja and you have the opportunity to drive, you know, either the 45 or the 44 full time in the Xfinity series, or you have a chance to drive the seven full time in the truck series. What what are you going with? Because I almost feel like that that seven Spire truck might be better. I know, obviously, you want to do the Xfinity series just because it's the bigger series there's more track time. But if you're trying to, like, get your name out there and establish yourself, if you think you could get 10 for wins in the seven, that that might be the better pick. Yeah, if you if you think you can win, I obviously take the, the ride you can win in. But I I don't know. I almost feel like he might have a better shot making the playoffs if he's not going to win in the Xfinity series. I think that the depth, at least in relationship to um, number of playoff spots, is certainly less. Uh, it, I think going into the year, we had 12 people pencil, penciled in the 12 spots in the Xfinity series. It hasn't shaken out exactly that way, but it is a pretty sizable gap there. And there is a chance that series gets a little bit weaker next year. Uh, could see someone like Gregson moving up. And I know Joe Gibbs keeps talking about it, but if, especially, and this seems very unlikely, but if both Truex and Kyle wind up leaving the team at the end of this year, I'd be hard-pressed to see how Ty Gibbs doesn't end up in the car. Yeah, well, we'll probably jump into that when we get to the Cup Series, but let's uh, let's try to wrap up the Truck Series here. I know you got the list. You're the guy when it comes to, you know, the the lowering guys, the underdogs. Quick run through. Who are some of the other guys that you really like their performance out well, of this weekend? We haven't we haven't mentioned it, and this is not an underdog at all. But Ben Rhodes actually did take over the points lead again after that accident uh, by John Hunter. We did talk about John Hunter crash cra- crashing. But Ben Rhodes is now your points leader again. Uh, I think this is a fight that's going to go down to the wire with, with them. They only have, what are we now, like a little over a month and a half of uh, races left. I mean, John Hunter actually has fallen to fourth in points now. Uh, ben Rhodes is your leader, as I mentioned. But Chandler Smith, 17 back. Zane Smith, 21 back. John Hunter, 22 back, Stuart Friesen, 24, and even Christian Eckes, 34 back. All six of them within a race of the points leader. So Ben Rhodes is in the seat he's been in the most often this year. They've, they've gotten the most points. But, I mean, as you saw with John Hunter, one accident, and you're sudden, you can fall back several points, right? Or several positions right now. Uh, so another a bad day for John Hunter with that accident, giving up the points lead, falling to, to fourth in the standings. Uh, Stuart Friesen, another solid day, not necessarily underdog, but this was just his third top five of the year. But just, you know, I did say that Stuart Friesen could run good. I did say Johnny Sauter could run good. Both of them got top fives. Uh, DeBenedetto has continued, continued to show that if he didn't have this poor luck in the beginning of the year, he'd be right in the thickest uh, thick things, finished six, which tied his uh, best career finish in the truck series uh, at six at Vegas. So another guy is just trying to mu- uh, muscle his way up there. We would normally, in a positive light, mention Derek Krauss finishing in seventh, but instead he's a chump and deserves whatever <laughs> he has coming from him. Uh, another guy I mentioned, that he ran good here before, Chase Purdy, his first top ten of the season. 
finishing 10th. Unfortunately, I'm pretty sure the guy that got the position over Raja. So unfortunately for Raja, but, and then Haley Deegan 15th, not fantastic. And I didn't know this till I, I happened to look it up, but this is not just this. I mentioned was her only top 10 last year, but this is her top, first top 15 since gateway last year. <clears throat> so a lot's been mentioned by how poor this season is, and it has been bad. But it's not like she was doing all that good at the second half of last year either. Right. I know a couple people I just want to touch on, too, before we jump to the Xfinity series. Uh, Jordan Anderson spent a little bit of time in the top 10 today, uh, only running part-time this year, really focusing on the owner side in the Xfinity series. Uh, did come home 16th, so pretty solid run for him. And Zane Smith, uh, looks like for a little while he might have had a truck that could have contended for the win, had a tire go down. Made up a couple laps, ended up coming home ninth. So a pretty good comeback for Zane Smith in what was the first part of a doubleheader for him this weekend. Um, really good for him. And uh, he had a pretty good Sunday, too, and we'll get to that. But before we jump into uh, the Xfinity Series, let's take a look here at the truck points as well. Um, not a ton of changes, although we were probably pretty close if Derek Krause was able to win that race. But still... Um, well, still Matt Crafton on that cut line and it looked like no actually no my mistake yeah. Ryan Anfinger is now on the cut line after uh, he had his incident there with uh, Chandler Smith not the best day for him but he is now the bubble guy when it comes to that yeah Anfinger's moved down to the bubble guy Crafton through you know getting his points back after the penalty river ascended in a solid couple of weeks has moved off of the cut line but it is actually Derek Krause now has moved up into that first guy out, 44 back. Uh, it was He was 52 back going into the week, so he has closed the gap a little bit. Was in a position to race him by winning the race and just failed to do so. Another bad week for Tanner Gray. Moved from, was running decent, and then had, a, I don't remember if he had a tire go down, he just got involved in an accident. I don't remember exactly what happened, but moved from 25 back all the way down to 48 back. So I think you can, as Brad Doherty would say, I think you can stick a fork in him. Just with this slide, it's hard enough to imagine them stopping the slide at this point. Uh, it's even harder to imagine them reversing it. They still run decent. They'll run top 15 a lot of time, and then he just wrecks. Uh, and then technically, now just barely within a race in, De Benedetto has climbed to be only 59 back. Uh, would certainly need some more issues in all likelihood from Enfinger or Crafton. Uh, but he has climbed to be within a race. And then on the inside, obviously, Enfinger has 44 points. Crafton currently has 50 points on Kraus. So it is a pretty solid window there. It was looking to get real spicy when Kraus was leading there pretty late in the race. But it does still look like someone's going to need to get a win to really eliminate that gap. Or if, if Enfinger continues to have issues. I've mentioned it before, but the issue with Enfinger is that he just doesn't get a lot of stage points. So when he has days like he had this past Sunday... Or Saturday, it certainly uh, puts a pretty big dent into the amount of points he gets. I, I think he could get away with that because it is the truck series, but he can't consistently have the issues like you saw on Sunday. I, I think, like, even if he's not getting the stage points, he could probably, like, just 12th his way to the playoffs oh, right no, now. He, as long as don't his way, he, just, I'm, yeah. I'm, he can't have too many days like he just had, is my point. Right. Right. That's that's the effect of not getting those stage points is that when you have days where you where something goes wrong and you crash, it really hurts you. Yeah. But we'll 
you know, I think a lot of us had Sonoma circled when we get there next week. Gonna be interesting to see who shows up for that race in terms of cup guys. Uh, I think we expect a couple to drive, you know, especially ones that might not have all the experience on the road course. But if if they don't, this race might be a little wide open. So and we that would be see very exciting. At least one usually do the uh, Arca race. West race. Yeah, and I don't know. It just feels like there's more. Even the cup guys would get more out of running a truck race than an Arco West race, so <laughs> would not be surprised to see at least one, if not a handful, in this race. Yeah, that's that could you know really shake up the playoff standings, just depending on who does or doesn't show up. But now let's uh, let's jump on a little a plane here. Let's take a ride up to Portland, where the Xfinity Series raced on Saturday after the Truck Series race. We thought AJ Allmendinger was going to win. He definitely showed us he's one of the best on the road courses. He did end up parking it in victory lane, but how he got there was not anywhere close to how we thought he was going to do it. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of adversity for him. They qualified 10th, which isn't the end of the world. It was mostly just because of a pretty wacky qualifying session. The first group had a pretty dry track uh, after everyone practiced in the rain on Friday. Saturday, Group 1 had a pretty dry track. Group 2, it was getting a little wetter. It wasn't wet, but it was certainly getting a little wetter. And so everyone in Group one speed was faster than Group 2. And then by the time final round rolled through, it started raining, and they effectively just canceled it. And then AJ also mentioned they were going to have to make a bunch of changes, and he was going to go to the back of the the field. Uh, They mentioned 31 changes. I don't know what that implies. Yeah. That seems like a very generic thing. It's 31 changes, I guess. <laughs> um, but they made 31 changes to the car, started in the back, and it was not a smooth start. Uh, went off, tr- off track before the race even started. Uh, went down pit road, lap one, to clean off the grill. And I believe actually went lap down in stage one. After he spun out again. Spun out again. Just <laughs> yeah. was. It was a lot of it just... He was in his own head, and he even said this. I mean, in that race, he was his greatest enemy. Uh, had issues in Stage 2 as well. Uh, I think he wound up getting a top 10 in Stage 2, but he had issues. He was running much better than that. I think he had gotten up into the top 5. Uh, looks like he finished 8th in Stage 2. He had gotten up into the top 5 and then spun out again. But rebounded in that final stage. Uh tussling with Maya Snyder, but ultimately took home the win, his uh, record-breaking 10th NASCAR road course win, uh, passing Jeff, who had nine. And just, I mean, he's he is, I mean, obviously already the greatest Xfinity driver on the road course, but, I mean, he is clearly talented. He has a couple wins in the Cup Series as well, and I would not be surprised. It came very close earlier in the year to getting another one. I would not be surprised if uh, he got one on the road course again in the cup series. Yeah. I almost positive. He'll be in the car at Sonoma. Um, I think they were talking about that during the gateway race, the cup series race today, but you know, good, good run for AJ with everything that went wrong. <laughs> you know, he had to go from, you know, the back to the front to the back to the front. I, I don't know how he did it. You know, even at the end of the race too, it gets the lead. There's a wreck, it starts raining again, he's got a pit, throw the rain tires back on, and just, it was a mess. <laughs> it was, 
it was a complete mess. You you look at the finishing order. I mean, you, you briefly mentioned it. He was racing Myatt Snyder for the win. I know. Myatt Snyder I mean, won a stage. Yeah. Brain road course racing is a different animal, but i shocked to see Myatt Snyder running up there, even with all the craziness that was happening. Very surprising and very good run for him in that Jordan Anderson racing team. But just looking at some of the people in the top 10 real quick here, Austin Hill. I know he won the Watkins Glen truck race last year, but that got called due to rain and lightning. And Austin Hill has a top five at Coda as well this year. It's just, he doesn't strike me as a road racer, I guess. I guess so. (laughs) Maybe he is. Clearly. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Although Coda was pretty crazy at the end of that race, too. There was a lot of bumping and banging. I mean, Ross was battling AJ for the win. He got spun out on that last restart, I mean, but a top five is still a top five. He has, in the truck series, I think it's part of it, is you don't run a lot. Of, they run a little bit more mm-hmm. than they used to, but he only ran six road courses in the truck series, but he won one, had three top fives and five top tens in them. There you go. So, so. He was. It just it doesn't, Sneaky, it doesn't stick out as much. Pick. Yeah, no, it really doesn't. Very not somebody that you would pick. Um, I know Josh Berry had a pretty good run driving the thirty-one car last year, I believe, at Mid Ohio. But They're finishing the top ten, he, he, that's somebody where he he would openly say he's not good on road courses. He finished fourth. Justin Allgaier, I, I'd say he had a wild day, acting like it was out of the norm. But I think everybody everybody had issues this race. I mean, Doesn't matter. Maya Snyder and Austin Hill probably were the two the had two of the cleanest races. Yeah, Snyder's car was pretty beat up too, but that was probably just from oh, racing with stayed AJ stayed on the, the track. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But I mean, like, I think everybody had issues, and you know, we 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 could jump into some of the the big incidents and stuff like that. But I I think the real talking point here is the track itself, specifically the turn one chicane, because that's where I feel like the majority of these incidents happen. If we go back to Portland, I think we both agree that you got to have the Cup Series go out there, too, to get more money for the Xfinity Series teams because it's not worth it. But the track itself, was this more of a product of the rain, or would they be doing this even if it wasn't? Rain always makes things crazy. I mean, even the Roval gets... I mean, Roval already is kind of crazy. It's been a little bit calmer the last couple years, but when it rained on the roll, your that race gets out of hand. Uh, I mean, there's just, you're not you race differently, and you're just they don't practice it because they don't do it, but a few times, and I mean, they used to not do it at all, <laughs> and it's just uh, I don't know. I think either way, you do, you just remove the turn one chicane. Mm-hmm. Just don't don't run it. It it's too narrow for it being the first turn after a restart. After the start finish line, it's the first turn, and that that start finish line straightaway there is pretty wide. Uh, we saw them, and this is pretty consistent. I mean, you see it even at Watkins Glen; they'll dive three, four wide going in there. But here, it's so sharp of a turn, and then it's it's not even just a turn. If it was a turn, that'd be fine. But because it's a chicane, you turn one direction and then the other. And they just they they can't get through there too wide, but they would dive bomb each other three four wide, and it's just it's a mess. Uh, I liked what I saw with most of the rest of the track. Like I said, it's hard to make a a, a conclusive judgment uh, just because of the rain. But I, I I enjoyed it. The rest of it, it's it is pretty narrow, but it's wide enough that you can still make moves, and it's pretty. Other than that, turn one, pretty quick. I would I my general feeling of it. 
but I would definitely, if they go back, not go back with the turn one chicane. It's just asking for, for trouble. And I know part of it was because it was raining, but there were some drivers that would literally, they weren't even trying to make the chicane because it was, I mean, on lap one, and I wasn't, Alfredo wasn't trying to do it, but Alfredo started from the pole. I think it was Hemrick got a really good start. Alfredo blows turn one, stops and goes, which is the penalty for blowing a chicane pretty much everywhere, uh, and comes out with the lead. <laughs> that should not be possible, even in the rain. No, I don't know. Gregson was doing it a couple times, too, just because he was like, it's why, faster. <laughs> it's faster? Why would you bother trying to go through the calamity that is that first turn? So Yeah, yeah it, no. It would not be... It's big, obviously not saying that they should do this, but they do have an alternate start-finish line on the back that they use in practice, or are they use in qualifying at least. Uh, if, for example, now you shouldn't do this because you should always start where all the fans are, but if, for example, that was actually the start-finish line, the chicane would not be as big of a problem because they would already be more strung out by the time they got there. But you're starting, you know, too wide, 20 rows deep. They're going to still be at least too wide going into that first turn. So. This- this might sound dumb, but why don't like would flipping the track be an option? Uh, I I am not familiar enough with the layout of it to. Uh, yeah, no, I mean just like run it essentially. Yeah, know? no, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, uh, I'm not familiar enough with the overall layout of the track to know how like if there are any potentially similar issues on the back end. Right. Or any turn I mean, like, that would be much harder going the other direction. Gotcha. Because uh, I'm just thinking, like, you could just do, like, at the Roval, where they don't run the chicane when they're doing a restart, mm-hmm. and you could just run straight, and then you could have the chicane right that's there. That's true. That's true. That's the only reason why I bring it up, is because you could, you could bypass that, and then if you still want to run the chicane, it's at the end of the lap, so. I don't... I think, I mean, they ran the Arca West race without the chicane. I think they could just run the Xfinity and Cup race without the chicane, yeah. but it's, it's probably the the smarter move there. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of unusual faces, but one one face that we haven't seen a lot the front a lot uh, this year actually was leading at points and was contending for the win in Sheldon Creed, but as per usual for him this year, it did not go well at the end. Ultimately, involved in a crash that ended his day. A big pile up on one of the restarts in turn one. Uh, I know he blamed uh, Jade Buford giving him a double number ones. I understand, but I don't now, yeah. think that was actually Jade Buford's fault. Like it was, Jade Buford was there, and he was the car that like was definitely too far to the inside, but he didn't really move. A lot of people jumped, and like if you delete him from that wreck, it, the wreck is less bad. But it wasn't his fault. Like it was just the circumstance of racing. Mm. I'm pretty sure someone just told him, "Oh yeah, the 48." caused it but ultimately ended what could have been a decent day for Sheldon Creed uh didn't get any stage points in the or the first stage cuz he I believe also had issues starting near the back or spun out at some point but climbed up was racing with uh Noah and Ty who got into their own incidents on the re- uh, restart it was like uh, boom boom I remember what uh <laughs> Noah and Ty are going at it, and then Ty pushed Noah off the I track. Noah, and, Noah, Noah nudges yeah. Ty a little bit, and then, you know, it's, it's road course racing. That's going to happen. Ty overreacts, of course, and dumps Noah off the track. And then they show the kid, and you can hear it if you're listening. <laughs> on the, you, you, the camera is just watching the turn. So the leaders go by, camera stays on it. And you hear, you can hear the stands, everyone start making the noise they make. And then it cuts to the other camera, and you see 
Sheldon Creed off the track and Ty Gibbs off the track. I gotta say, if somebody wants to do what Derek Krause did to Carson Hosevar, to Ty Gibbs, like he's gonna get it. At some he's point. gonna get, he... and, and that's what I was saying there. It's like when 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 Krause did that to Hosevar, it's like, what the hell are you doing, man? But like the rap sheet that Ty Gibbs has on him, it's gonna happen. And I hope that nothing happens to him when it happens. And, see, it's gonna be deserved. He, someone's gonna be in a spot with him where they, if they just went up, they probably you know doesn't even need a right rear. I mean, just. Very similar to what he did to John Hunter at Richmond, just more aggressive is what it's going to be. Oh, if I just wall him, I'm going to win the race. Well, they're just going to wall him. They're not going to... None of these guys should think twice about it. None of them. Absolutely none of them. Because even if it's someone that literally has never had an on-race incident with Ty Gibbs... Like, I don't think Josh Berry's had anything happen with Ty Gibbs. Uh, but he, he should be the only one. He should know what Ty Gibbs would do in a reverse situation and just do it to him instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll get what's coming to him at some point, but Sheldon Creed, another unfortunate day for him. Had the speed, but just nothing seems to go right. He's now actually 17th in the standings behind is... all three R Motorsports cars and Brandon Brown. This is like Brandon Jones, like last season at RCR in the Xfinity <laughs> Except series. I feel like Brandon Jones was just running bad. He, if I remember right, he had a lot of incidents where he like self spun and stuff. And Creed's done, you know, he's had his fair share of mistakes, but nothing feels like it's going right for him. Even in the wreck that ultimately took him out, like he, he got the car going and somebody stopped in front of him because they thought, I, hey, I have to stop, even though I was spinning out in the chicane. Well, no, the, the person that had to stop, I don't remember who it was, they did have to stop. They had not stopped right. yet. See, uh, Creed, Creed, really did, Creed did spin out. Decided, I don't know how it worked, but decided that him spinning out and stopping having spun out is stopping the chicane. And I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I don't, I just, that's what he did. So he turns around and gets it going and he floors it because he's ready to go. And the person in front of him who I think, I think it was Alex LeBay. I think it was the 36, which is Alex LeBay. Uh, he he d- then probably his crew or someone I imagine tells him he needs to stop, so he just slams on the brake to stop. Sheldon Creed goes right into him and just ends his day. He's, so that can't make it up. He can't make it up. Just everything yeah. that could go wrong for him does. I mean, we saw a lot of a lot of faces near the front. Uh, Anthony Sorry. Alfredo started from the pole, didn't lead a lap, did get back to the lead after losing it, but still ultimately did not lead any laps. Uh, Andy Lally spent a, ha- a few laps at the front. Uh, Jade Budford already mentioned, but stayed out on rain tires or no on slicks. I can't even remember the strategy at the end went all over the place. Uh, led a couple laps, ultimately finished 14th. Not the kind of finish he needed to have. I don't, you know, in my opinion. So well, his time his highlight of him getting double birded to probably end his NASCAR career. His unfortunately, time <laughs> probably ended there. Uh, as I mentioned, Maya Snyder spent a lot of time at the front. Uh, that was just his second top five of his career. Uh, one, obviously the Homestead race last year. Uh, but this is just the second top five of his career. Uh, great run for the Jordan Anderson team. We talked about Jordan Anderson a little bit earlier. Since last year, he did have two in 2020 Snyder. So it's actually his fourth. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, but his it's first, first since last year. I meant. Yeah. First, first since he won at Homestead last year, only second since last year. Yeah. So wins that race, gets into the playoffs. And then another guy that no one really talked about is underperforming last year. 
just because you would look at the standings like, oh, look, Riley Herbst, he's out. But I mean, Maya Snyder was also out. He just was uh, had that win, so yeah. it, it put him in. Also, the second most laps Maya Snyder's led in his career only after his debut race in Daytona back in 2020. Uh, so very solid day for him and that team. Uh, you already mentioned this, but obviously I think the road courses were somewhere where we would all acknowledge the JRM's not going to dominate the way they did, and they didn't win any stages. But even with one car DNF, the other cars in incidents multiple times. Barry was one of the cars that uh, got turned around, I'm pretty sure, on, on one of those late uh, turn one chicane carnages. Uh, despite all that, they still put three cars in the top nine. With Noah on the late race charge from... I mean, he had an issue pretty late in the race, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I think he got a piece of one of those last chicane wrecks, too. Uh, Allgaier got Hemrick at the line. like it, No one mentioned it, but literally, pretty sure Hemrick was, was leading in the last turn. Allgaier got him at the line to get two top fives for JRM. So, I mean, all... The, the team is still just ridiculous right now. Uh, obviously not leading the points. Allgaier continues to lead, but... I mean, it, it grew a little bit, but not as much as I think a lot of people expected it to grow uh, going into this race, just because he only got two stage points. Uh, but Gregson's still leading with nine top fives. Uh, there are currently uh, six guys in the series that have six or more top fives, and of those six guys, four of them are JRM drivers. Yeah, it's, it's nutty what they're doing. It really is, and like, you know, we already mentioned road course is not really a place for you to expect them to perform. No, it, so you know, yeah, for them to all be, especially with the issues that even they had, all three of the three that finished getting a top uh, top nine, and I mean, Sam Mayer was there, was was qualified in the top five. And uh, he only ran twelve laps. He only ran twelve laps. So I, it uh, ended early for him, but still, everyone else got solid finish. Uh, the other two guys, by the way, that have six more top fives, AJ Allmendinger, which I just, when you see the speed that the rest of his, his team has, and I mean, uh, obviously still a, a top 10 for Hemrick and Castle, I think had issues, but was running up there uh, towards the end. But I mean, they, them two combined for, uh, let's see, Hemrick has one top five and Castle has three. So they combined for four top fives, whereas AJ has seven. And obviously, I don't think anyone would argue that AJ was already the best driver there. But just the level that he's been able to outperform the equipment has been pretty great. But I just, the any guesses as to who the sixth guy with six or more top fives is? It. I'm only going to say this because I know he got on the streak of like four in a row. Is it Sam Mayer? All, all four Hend or JRM guys have. Six oh, all right, more, all right, so. all right. We already mentioned him then. Yeah. So basically, the one that's not Almendinger yeah, is Sam, the JRM. Sam has gotcha. seven. Right. He's tied with AJ for um, second most. You know, I feel like it's out there. Do we do we mention Ty Gibbs? Not Ty Gibbs. He only has five. You know, I have no freaking idea. I'm gonna it, just say Riley Herbst because I Riley Herbst has four, so he's he's that next right. Ty Gibbs. on the board. It's actually Austin Hill. Really? Just been. Wow. Quietly solid. Quietly solid. Hey, that's... You know, I'm looking at the points right now. He's eighth in points. Does have the win. The head of Hembrick and Castle. You know, not, not setting the world on fire, but I guess when you just look at what Sheldon Creed's done, that's... <laughs> makes, makes what Austin Hill's doing a little bit better. And 
let's just jump right here into the points real quick, since I did mention that. One, I mean, oh, you know, more. Well, a couple other guys I wanted to. All right, to, all right we'll do that first. To then. mention, JJ Yaley finishes eighth. His best finish. His best finish since Iowa in 2017. Uh, restart. He was the only guy out there on cold. No, on, on slicks at the end of the race. Uh, because that track was right in that in between. Some places it was better with slick. Some places it was better with, uh, the wets at the end. But managed to hang on, finish eighth. Alex LeBay finished tenth, even after the incident with Sheldon Creed, first uh, top ten of his of his year. And Scott Hecker, who's really one of the only like actual ringers left, and like him and Lally are probably like the only two. Although Lally usually gets like, you know, pretty decent rides. <laughs> Uh, Hecker is almost always driving a BJ McLeod or a Rick Ware car, so he's never really had a solid time. Made a couple, ever, other than last year, he's made a couple starts, mostly for every year since he started. Actually, also looks, uh, also looks like he missed uh, 2017, but did bring it home uh, 13th for BJ McLeod last uh, or on Saturday to tie his career best finish. Yeah, that's... So, so solid finish for one of the few uh, few ringers left. Mm-hmm. So, oh, any more? No, I was, I was going to say, just <laughs> moving on to, to the cut line points, it is uh, continuing to trend towards being just effectively over for, for people wanting to, to race their way in. I, uh, I really thought that they might be able to make, somebody would be able to make a move on Ryan Sieg. Just because you know Creed was running well, Alfredo was on the pole, and it's almost sixty points now between yep. thirteen and twelve. So going in, going into the week, we still had three guys that were within a race. Uh, Alfredo was forty-eight back. He's moved down to fifty-eight back, which they're all lucky. Sieg lost. Sieg was running in the top ten until pretty late in that race when and they didn't show what happened because they didn't. I'm mean, quite frankly, it's, I saw a couple of people mention this, but they just didn't have enough cameras there. Uh, I think that's part of the other thing is why is Fox going to bother sending all this equipment up there for an Xfinity series race? Uh, so they did not have a ton of cameras. So we never, I don't think saw what happened to Ryan Sieg, uh, but he was running lost about 10 spots pretty late in that race. And they benefited from that. Otherwise we'd be a race out, but Alfredo is the only one still lost 10 points. Uh, Jeb Burton was 50 Creed had barely gotten into 59 exactly a race out. And he has now slid to, I don't even know, more than that. Uh, but now, Afredo's the only guy within a race, 58 back, and obviously because of that, Sieg's the only guy within a race falling out at a plus 58. Uh, it'll stay that way for a couple weeks, as we don't, they have uh, two weeks off, but it is, this was the opportunity, and Sieg was not running that good in the first couple stages. Uh, but through everyone's issues, he kept it clean longer than they did anyway, got up near the front, and Took what was going to look like maybe someone could get into within 40, close to 30, and now just instead the lead grows. I had something prepared to say and piggyback off of everything you said, but I was scrolling through Twitter and Denny Hamlin and Justin Marks are getting into it right now. Like on Twitter? Like on Twitter right now. <laughs> oh, that's, who, who cares? That's such a Denny Hamlin fight. It was a Twitter fight. Uh, but... Looking at the points, like you were saying, it's just it's going to come down to one of these guys winning. Probably Sheldon Creed. Does he have the speed? Maybe. 
I want to get the benefit of the doubt. I absolutely think Sheldon Creed has the speed. But, they just, between his own totally issues, opposite. yeah. Between his own issues and issues that are not of his doing, I just they can't get anything to go right. I'm at the point where, unless you get another rain race, which that's a lot to ask for, it's going to come down to Daytona or Atlanta, and that's that's it. It's. You're going to have to win one of those races if he's in, because I just don't trust him. I've been trying to give him the benefit of the doubt for probably two months now. They're like, oh, he's an RCR car. He could he could look good. He could do something. And he was looking that way today and or on Saturday, and it just it just never panned out at the end of the day. It was, you know, just wreck after wreck after wreck, and he'd get himself back up there, and then ultimately did himself in when he ran into the back of the bay and that whole mess. Not necessarily his fault, but just really, really disappointing. And, you know, I think probably when we get to, like, Knoxville for the Truck Series, we have a really wide-open week. Maybe we'll touch on it. But, like, across all three series, he might be the biggest disappointment. He's at least in the conversation with just I, how bad he's been. I, I think when you look at his position in the standings, Obviously, if he hadn't won a couple races, someone like Denny would definitely be in this conversation. But Denny has a couple wins, and one of them was the Coke 600, so nobody cares anymore. Uh, someone like Benedetta was probably trending that way in the first month of the, of the at least first months of races, for the, for the truck series anyway. Uh, and obviously that's just not the case anymore. He's rebounded, trying to put a fight, doing the opposite of Sheldon Creed, and actually moving into within a race. Uh, and there are some other guys that have been somewhat disappointing, but I think by far, especially when you look at what Austin Hill's been able to do, Sheldon Creed is, his season's been the most disappointing so far. Yeah, no, there's really nothing else you could say. Uh, you know, when you're, when you're in equipment like that, I guess if, you know, we saw with Riley Herbs last year, he was on that bubble, but he was never in a must-win situation to make the playoffs. Yeah, it was, you know, maybe something goes win. wrong and he misses. Yeah. But he was right. he was in position still to where he could race his way in. Right. It, yeah, Sheldon Creed's in a must-win spot. I, I don't know well, how. It, it looked like it was going to just become even more of a must-win spot there for a while. Uh, these guys are very lucky that Snyder did not pull off this one. I mean, even oh, including yeah. people like Sieg, Hemrick, and um, Castle, who Hemrick and Castle looking pretty good. Herbst is actually didn't mention it, but he's... Had a rough couple weeks as well. He's actually in 11th in points now. Uh, so he'd be another guy that'd be sitting there uh, potentially worried. And now, like, they, someone has to get a win. And obviously it can happen. You go to two more road courses. No, three more, right? Indy, yeah, that, uh, what, Road America, Indy Road. Road America, Indy Road Course. Walk Hawkins to Glen, and obviously the Roval, but that's in the playoffs. So. Yeah. So three more road courses, yeah, and it's I mean, <laughs> not you know maybe not if it rains. True, true. Maybe not if it rains, uh, but and another you know plate style track, couple of those with Atlanta and Daytona. Yeah. So the the, the plate races are going to be very interesting because obviously anyone when we saw Brandon Jones win a Tal or not Brandon Jones I Brandon Brown win a Talladega last well, year. So. Uh, with the speeds that that organization has had, you have to imagine the RCR game plan will be get Creed in, unless they're running the three car. 
I just don't think they'll run the three car in at least one of those races. And that's the thing is, you have to imagine they lever, if, especially if all their guys are safe and like Seeger Herbst is the one on the cut line, they try to pressure colleague to leverage that uh, relationship as well. That's true. Yeah. And that, uh, that is five cars plus, I mean, they could enter another car too, just not run the three. Because uh, that would yeah. be disastrous to run the three and expect him to run second. Yes, now you can't. Uh, you can't do that. Cannot do that. You could enter a third card, and you know the. Who cares the O two? Uh, oh, they they can't do the O two. Oh, that's that's hard. That's true. <laughs> that's, who knows? They'll figure so, it out. Yeah, they'll they'll figure it out. Well, they got wraps it up for the Xfinity series. Let's uh jump back on the plane with AJ with and his AJ. trophy. Yeah, and his nice trophy and. uh you know, he he followed up with uh, you know that win with a really solid top ten finish, and I sure I'm sure we'll touch on that here in a second. But with everything that happened at Gateway in the Cup race today, I think there were a lot of people that were worried this was going to be like Martinsville, and you know it it had its moments where it was quiet. But all in all, I think it was a pretty successful race, um, very deserving of the Cup race. They got it, pretty good show. Definitely going to be coming back here next year. I think they send a multi-year deal anyways, so that was already known. But, you know, really good race, in my opinion, at least from an an entertaining standpoint. And, um, yeah, Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, that was was something else. Uh, You already know, really hard to pass. Ross and Denny, they're going down into turn one early on in the race. I think it was actually after stage one because the stages are really spread out. But Ross and Denny had been racing really hard probably up to that point for a good 40, 50 laps. And I don't know if, you know, well, no, I do know. I have a Ross. Ross just missed the turn and he just went up there, got into Denny. Denny gets into the wall and that really set up uh, the, the comedy hour for the rest of the race. with Denny Hamlin just chasing well, Ross the all the way around. The rest track. of stage two anyway. Oh, yeah. The rest of stage two. <laughs> Fair point. But man, Denny, Denny and Ross was just that was something else. That whole the whole day, the whole day after that, it, or, it, sure, it sure was. It, it, I quite frankly don't think I've ever seen anything like that uh, to that level. And obviously, while I think it was hilarious, I think it is also kind of ridiculous. NASCAR let it go on as long as they did. Uh, if you're gonna like it, it. it Go out there and wreck the guy. Otherwise, it just turns it into a clown show. And that's what it became. And I mean, I'm not going to blame Denny for it. Did I, Denny, I'm sure, is incredibly pleased with what he did and wouldn't change anything. Uh, and while it was entertaining for me, I don't know that it belongs on a racetrack in the top stock car organization in the world. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was, it but was I, pretty good. <laughs> I, I enjoy ridiculous things sometimes. It doesn't necessarily mean it was a good product, and I think letting Denny do it for as long as he did certainly doesn't send a certainly doesn't spe- uh, send a good message. He he did it for a whole freaking stage. <laughs> like you have the incident there, and then you know they they calm down a little bit, and then Ross gets into it with Chase Elliott, and that man that <laughs> we got a scenario and. I think a lot of people probably saw it on Twitter. You had the nine and the 11 car who, I mean, they've had their run-ins. They're definitely not the best of friends. And we got a restart after Ross spun chase and caused a pile up, up on the front stretch where they basically just tag team Ross Chastain into going about half a lap down. 
Yeah, I mean, Denny tried desperately to keep him from meeting minimum speed. Uh, didn't quite work out, but I mean, it was again fun to watch. Uh, don't know if it's the thing NASCAR should let them do. I still think someone just needs to put someone in a wall one of these days as actual retaliation. Like Ross, I mean, R- Ross race is hard. You know this is what it's going to be. Uh, and it, it just... It's going to happen. But and uh, to, to be fair, Ross took full blame for it. I actually think Ross may have been too hard on himself. Sound like an old Chase Elliott interview. In, in his post-race interview. <laughs> like, I obviously get people being upset, and I think it was very... I, I mean, I think he did the right thing and took took the blame for it. But I, I think he was too hard on himself. Like, to me, and I, drivers will always disagree, and I, this incident should be over. Like, Denny... I, there's always a discussion of, oh, is something over? Is it not over? You know what I mean? And oh, yeah, to, no. Completely. To me, the, it's... Denny Jr. actually talked about this. When you have the opportunity to pay someone back and you don't, you don't get to keep it in your back pocket for later. Even though that's how everybody talks about it, too. Everybody's like, like oh, I'll get them when they least expect it. Like, it's, it's over. It's done with. You had your opportunity to pay. And obviously, you have to be smart about it. You know, this doesn't mean that you can pay them back going 180 into the turn at Las Vegas. Like, that's not what it means. But if you have an opportunity to actually pay someone back and you don't take it, then you, you've... That's Junior's opinion. When I, I'm inclined to agree. I think, you know, a certain... Like, I think if you're, you know, both running 22nd, I don't think that's payback. Like, if you're both having a terrible day and you take him out when he took you out running in the top five, I don't necessarily think that's... Or, or you, could, you could not pay him back, and I think that's fair, right? Because you're not taking an equal thing away from him. But, I mean, Ross still came back and finished eighth. Ross's car was fine. Denny had an opportunity to ruin his race. And instead of how it goes, that's what happened to William Byron. <laughs> I, I don't think Denny gets to now just right rear spin uh, Chastain anywhere else. I think that race you do it, it's different, right? Like, because you're not even thinking, you're still, you that's your cover at least you can use. You're still angry, right? You're still full of emotion. You, if Denny on the backstretch had just tur- actually turned into Ross and spun him. Does Denny get black flagged and called the hauler? Sure. Does Denny deserve a penalty? Maybe, if we want to talk about uh, uh, Krause getting a penalty, because I don't think fault determines whether and like, I don't think, oh, just because he had a reason to do it when people can get injured, you know? 
but th- that's fine. But I don't think going forward, Denny gets to just right rear Ross into the wall. You know, he slides up a little bit, clears himself, maybe. You know, gives him a little too hard of a shove through a turn. All those things, you know, potentially valid. But I don't think Denny now gets to keep, you know, every week just wall him. Yeah. Because, like, Ross drove it in too hard, but it, it, it wasn't as, like, egregious of a, of a bump as I feel like Denny feels like it was. It looked like Ross kind of just cooked it or misjudged where Hamlin was gonna break, because it, it's odd. It, that was that whole thing when you're watching the replay. Like it almost looked like Denny kind of missed the turn, and Ross wanted to hit him because he'd been stuck behind him, and he followed up there, and he screwed up himself trying to catch up to Denny. I don't know. Really odd situation. Yeah, my my last comment on this is you should absolutely go put money on Ross to win the championship. Oh, why? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Denny has a history. Oh, I, I see where this is going now. Denny yes. feuded with Brad Kozlowski. Brad Kozlowski eventually became a champion. I think it actually said Brad would never be a champion in anything. It said he'd be out of the sport in a couple and, of years. <laughs> and, uh, well, in terms of, you know, ignoring championships, like Denny's definitely had the better career. Uh, but I mean, Brad has a championship, something Denny still doesn't have, and people can blame the playoffs all they want. I'm pretty sure Denny's never led the no. full the standings at the end of the season, the full season standings. And obviously, things can play out differently. You know, we all know that. I think with Denny's case, though, he's never really been in a scenario where you could argue he. he I don't know what he ended up leading last year by because they were Denny and Larson were close. You know, Denny barely or Larson, Larson pulled away pretty. Well, but I was gonna say, I know, I'm pretty yeah. sure Larson pulled away pretty, pretty, yeah, a good gap at the end. But like, it's been you know close to where you could maybe say, well, you know, who knows? But like, all these Harvick has years where he would have dominated the points. Like Harvick, Carl, and Jeff, I feel like are the big three that are always mentioned as like people that got robbed by the playoffs. And there are years you can point to each of them where it's like, yeah, that's definitely true. I'd even throw Kyle Busch in there, but nobody wants to because he has that championship in 2015. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You get yeah. a championship, and then you still could be robbed. But, like, right. it's, it's not hard to argue, like uh, Harvick, in terms of what he's done over the course of a full season, deserves to be a multiple-time champion mm-hmm. instead of the one year where he certainly didn't deserve to win the championship and he won it. Uh... And Jeff didn't get any in the playoff format, but would have could have had three. Don't think he would have had three even in a regular, but... Would have at least won 07. He would have won 07. Probably would have won 14. I know people like to make the argument he would have won 04, but they, they like to forget that Jimmy and Chad experimented in the summer and blew three straight engines. That's not but, something they're going to do. And, and Carl has years too, but like Denny doesn't have any of those years where it's like, oh yeah, he was the dominant guy. He led the points. He would have won it. So, And then obviously Denny beefed with with chase as well and chase the champion and beefed with austin dylan and you know austin dylan's the one at the 500 and the coke 600 it's less impactful now that uh denny has a coke 600 but i don't know if denny's ever actually beefed with somebody who did nothing so yeah no i'm i'm trying to think and those those are the three that definitely Come and the Denny, one, and even the Dylan well, we one was Joey like Logano. A, we forgot Joey Logano. Joey, yeah. No, Joey and then Joey, Joey goes Logano out and championship. <laughs> Joey goes out and wins the championship. So yeah, and like, if you 
Yeah. The, the thing is with Dylan is I'm pretty sure that was like a one race incident. I remember like, it was the Texas. It was a Texas, race, I think, in yeah, the Xfinity in the, in the, series. Yeah. It was it's like a, a one. Penny, he goes down there thinking like, ah, he owns the race. Imagine they, they race him. You're not <laughs> even. You're not even in the series, bro. <laughs> uh, so that was, you know, that's why because all the other guys were multiple race incidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's why Austin didn't become a champion. He didn't feud with him again. So yeah, he just got to jump from back it. into it. So he's, the other guys, they have these multiple race feuds. Denny's certainly talking like this is going to be a multiple race thing. So Ross Chastain definitely going to win the championship. Maybe not this year, because none of those Maybe guys won the same year. That's true, but also those, you know, with Chase, it effectively took him out of the championship. It's true. With Brad and Austin, you know, it was in the Xfinity series. The Xfinity series, and Joey was still like getting his feet under him of being an established racer. Hey, that was that big one was back in 2013. They've had their dust up since then, but 2013. Yeah, well, but that was like the, the yeah. Heat. Ross yeah. is already like none of them were. Even when Chase had his incident, he wasn't a favorite to win the championship. He didn't have a win yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't for a couple years. And, yeah. Uh, but Ross, I mean, is certainly up there. So. Well, that's, that's uh, an interesting take, but I think you might be onto something there. <laughs> but, I mean, I haven't even talked that much about our winner, Joey Logano. And... Finish, too. I mean, him and Kyle yeah, Bush it was, going Kyle just, Kyle just overcooked it. Last, send, I mean. Send, yeah, he he, he made, said that, it. That was like a last turn dive bomb when you were already behind him. Is really what that felt like. He but, he misjudged. I think what Logano was going to go into that turn. I think he probably thought Joey was going to stuff it in there, so he had to match him. And you know, credit to Joey, he he read the situation right because he was able to cross Kyle back over and get the run off. Not the even turn. really a slide job if you don't manage to hold the lead coming out of the turn. Yeah. By the time they were on the straightaway, Logano was already clear. Nah, I was, you know, so, good race for them. You know, good race. Uh, pretty. I mean, I think you definitely see the maturity level from Kyle. Kyle could have easily gone out, blamed the cars, talk about hating the track or whatever, because there were certainly complaints drivers had about the track and car combination. But I mean, Kyle just, you know, owns up to it, says he gave it away and wasn't angry like like you would see him, you know, 10 years ago, seven, eight years ago. Where he's just like seething with rage. Like he's upset, obviously. I would be too. But he's not like seething like he was at other times, where it's like not even pleasant to see him because he's so mad it just puts the reporter in a bad mood. Like he's definitely matured. He's still the villain, but he wants to be. Like I'm pretty confident that if Kyle three or four years ago had decided he wants to take the Kurt route and slowly become the hero, he could have done it. It would take time, but he could have done it. But he doesn't want to, and that's, that's, I'm glad he doesn't. It's funny because, like, I think he's actually more liked now than ever. No, I agree. Yeah. I think he's absolutely more liked now than ever. I like him. I still root against him in almost every situation. That's fair. That's I know just, I was rooting for him today. I, well, <laughs> I was rooting for him today because I don't. I would still rather him win over over uh, Joey. Mm-hmm. But I'm like I'm not upset when he wins like I used to be. Like I don't root for him. But I'm not upset when he wins. Yeah, Kyle, Kyle Busch winning the race not going to ruin your weekend like ten years ago. No, so I mean, it's for you. At this point, drivers like almost how none of these change. guys. Mm-hmm. Well, Austin Cindric winning the Daytona 500 ruined my weekend. That, uh, but I think that also had to do with it being in the Daytona 500. Yeah, like it's the whole situation with that too, with with how that race ended. But I mean, just how some of these guys change. I mean, like you you mentioned Kurt. 
how he's he's gone through he's like, straight up a hero at this point. Like, yeah, man, everybody loves still, him. There's still, you know, some people that hate him. But by and large, like, he is a fan favorite. Mm-hmm. I think and, Tony Stewart was another one that had that jump in terms of well, going from somebody you know, The greatest one. way for fans to like you is for you to start to suck. I, people like Tony before he start it, to suck, but was, I know what you're saying. That was the, the like, pushover. Because I agree. I feel like people started liking Tony, honestly, shortly after he left Joe Gibbs. Yeah. Like, they had a lot of, I think, respect for the owner-driver thing, and he was successful. And Championship run in 2011, championship probably. Well, like, yeah. Jimmy, there was no reason anyone had to dislike Jimmy. Jimmy is the most vanilla guy. Like, I get why he didn't have a ton of fans, but, like, Jimmy was loathed for no reason other than he won. I, I, I never disliked Jimmy, but I definitely dislike having people tell me he's the greatest driver ever. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I loathe Jimmy. And I now just I wish he had won one more race. Like, eh, I'm okay with how it ended. I guess I would have been more okay if he just ran back. I think I, I think that was the frustrating part with Jimmy at the end. Is like he just threw away races. He just threw him he was away. He away. But like he could have had. In all reality, right? And this is probably not the way Jimmy wanted to go out. He wanted to go out. He wanted to have that like Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart moment where he got that one more win. Yeah. No, and it's always great when I mean Kenseth had one. I think even though Kenseth didn't want to retire, I think most of us felt like that was probably his last win. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Obviously, with Jeff and with Tony, felt like it was his last. Uh, you don't get those very often, really, at all. Like, nobody. And it's shaping up like, you know, we could have seen Harvick's last win at that, what was it, Bristol? Yeah, well. <laughs> oh, no, no, that's true. He did yeah, win no, Bristol. No, he, yeah. no, yeah. I Bristol, and, Bristol last year, which no, he, Bristol in oh, yeah. No one would have guessed that was his last win. Like, listen, we didn't have the podcast that year or anything. And I, I didn't think he'd go winless last year, but I, I did wonder after the implosion that was that round of hate in the you, playoffs. I think you did ultimately at one point say that he would go winless last year, but I still don't remember you ever saying... the beginning of the year. Yeah. Not, yeah. Or, but like, I don't remember you ever saying he was never going to win again. No. In fact, I, I picked him to win some races this year, too. But it's it's going south real quick, and... Yeah, you know, we might have seen his last win. And yeah, like he's, no, we, not, he, we... he's not even at the point because, like, Jimmy, I felt like he could have won two, three, four races over the course of, like, the after he won his even... last race over. And it just, he threw him away. Harvick's not even doing that. He's yeah, not really but... close other than strategy calls. Like, yeah, Rich Mitty had a was, chance. Was it? And it, he was close. But he that ran was in the top right. five, but, like, he never, like, challenged for the win. Right. Right. Like, we're, we're still sitting here, and there are times that he's been, like, close ish. But, like, on the year, he still only led 13 laps this year. <laughs> if you combine last year and this year so far, you'd have 230, which the last time in one year he led less than 230 was 09. And 09 was an abysmal year. He, he was thinking about leaving Richard Childress then. That's how bad it was. Crazy enough, he, he actually led less than that in 2008. Which, while he didn't win, he did finish fourth at points that year. But, I mean, I think it's a good thing that we, we talk about Harvick here, because after today, it's only by, it looks like, two points, but he is currently out of the playoffs. Yeah, he is. It's not been a good run for him. Just the points in general, man. Chase has had a rough couple weeks. Uh, 
went from I I don't remember what point. I'm pretty sure at one point he had a sixty point lead. Sixty point lead, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Now we have six drivers within sixty points. Uh, Kyle's nine back. Ross is seventeen back. Blaney's twenty eight. Truex is thirty seven, and Joey is forty. Uh, I thought Kyle was gonna get the points lead because Chase gained a few spots at the end, and Kyle was leading. It was gonna be very close, but. Another solid, you know, they had a good car. It honestly looked like a, a good portion. They maybe had the best Hendrick car and just caught up in an incident because it was just so hard to pass. The guys were so aggressive. I mean, that's Ross. That's whereas I don't really know what Ross was trying to do with Denny. It, it, it really does look like he kind of just dumped him. I'm inclined to think he didn't based on Ross's own reaction after the race. Uh, with the incident with Chase, like Ross saw a hole and he took it because you could not really pass this race. Uh, so on the restart, guys were super aggressive. Ross saw a hole, he took it, took out Chase. Chase got damaged and they were never quite the same. Uh, but I mean, he was running, he'd run up into the top 10, was one of the only cars that was passing guys at the beginning. Had a tire issue. They take pit strategy. He, uh, uh, gets up to like six, they pit again, and everyone shuffles because of strategy. And one restart later, he's in the wall. So they still have speed. They just, you know, last week's a terrible race to wreck after one stage, stage one, two yeah. stages. Yeah, stage one. Uh, That's because, where they got knocked out. <laughs> because then you just you miss three stages worth of points, and then another poor finish. I think he finished like 21st today. Yeah. yeah. So. But. I mean, just, in Kansas, that was right. And in Kansas, actually, he finished 29th. They had a uh, lost a tire there. So he had been on a good run. And all three of these cars, Kansas, Charlotte, and Gateway. Uh, Kansas and Charlotte, he had top five cars both times. Gateway, at least a top ten car. So they have the speed. They just have to finish races, which was kind of how they got to the points lead to begin with. And can't obviously can't have any more weeks like this if you want to keep the points lead when you only have a nine-point lead. No, it's it's... Pretty crazy, and I'm really curious to see. I mean, I, mean, I think we've been saying this all every week, but with, you know, who we think could possibly still win races that are back there, and, like, there are guys like Martin Truex Jr. Ryan Blaine, you have a bigger buffer now. I, I don't feel as worried about them as I did a couple weeks ago. Is, is there a crazy scenario where they might miss? And Well, I mean, looking I, at today's race, I absolutely still think there is. They have to win, like, like we, were, we were sitting here at one point. McDowell finished 18th, but led the most laps he's led in a race in his career. Led 34 laps, the most lead led before the 20. Led 34 laps, and a lot of that time, Eric Almarola was the guy in second behind him. Yeah, the thing with Almarola, like, he's, he's right on that bubble. That could go either way. Michael McDowell winning would definitely would shake Would definitely shake it. But I mean, the thing, Almarola winning is still part of the potential equation that right. involves anyone other than Truix or Blaney winning... Or Bell, even. Uh, Bell's yeah. obviously still uh, further down in points, but I think still someone solidly you feel like is not going to get passed in points unless other people win. Mm-hmm. But for a Blaney or Truex to win, it doesn't matter, or to miss, it doesn't matter if the guy winning at this point is Eric Almarola or Ty Dillon. Yeah, that's like, fair. It's, it's another spot that gets us one closer to that. Obviously, if the more unlikely it is, the, cri- the more realistic it be- the more unlikely the winner, the more realistic it becomes because you look at this, we have, what are we sitting at now? 12 winners? No. Uh, 11 winners, 11, I think. 11 winners. 11 winners. So we only need five winners that are not Blaney or Truex for one of them to miss, right? 
You give them one win, that's only four. Christopher Bell can obviously win a race, that gets us down to three. Tyler Reddick can obviously win a race, that gets us down to two. Uh, and then you have a guy like Kevin Harvick, who has not a lot of speed, but he's Kevin Harvick. Would it be the craziest thing in the world if you won a race? And that, that would leave us with one winner of someone like Eric Almarola, who hasn't had a ton of speed and is probably pretty low on people's race of potential winners. But I mean, with the, the run he had today, when we go to New Hampshire next month, it's got to be a possibility. Yeah. And he won there last year. So you no, know, exactly. He won it yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, and Eric Jones, who ran the top 10 all day today, and Austin Dillon, who runs in the top 10 a lot. Uh, Daniel Suarez, who yeah. most people have pegged as like that next guy after Tyler Reddick. Uh, obviously didn't finish there today. Stenhouse has shown a lot of speed, though. Uh, he had issues uh, as well as Bubba Wallace. So neither of them really got to go near the front today, uh, but Bubba Wallace has shown a lot of speed late. Two two plate-style tracks left. Four road courses? Sounds right. Sonoma, Road America, Indy Road Course, Watkins and Glen. Four road yeah. courses. We're obviously, I think, we're much more likely to have our winner be a Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Kyle Larson, or an A.J. Albaninger, which wouldn't upend the standings. But, I mean, we've seen some decent road course races from a, a McDowell. Uh, Reddick was near the front at Coda. Uh, it's unlikely because it's been a while since he's been good, but Brad used to be pretty damn good at Watkins Glen. So at some point he knew how to road race. We didn't even mention Brad Keselowski and all this. <laughs> like it, it took us, it took you getting to a plate track. I mean, before we even got to Brad possibly winning a race, he would uh, listen. He would be twenty first in points without the penalty, so it's not mm -hmm. like he would actually be in thirtieth. But I mean, they've certainly been off, so it's unlikely he wins a race. But I mean, there's unlike years past, right? Even last year, we got to a similar mark. But when you looked at the guys who hadn't won, you sit there and you go, it's really hard to imagine how we get to 16. Uh, especially if you don't want to create a scenario where Ryan Blaney or Truex misses, but just a scenario where we get to 16, we need five winners. Ryan Truex. Ryan, Ryan Truex. Truex. He could win. Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex. Yes. Series. yes. <laughs> uh, Ryan Blaney, Martin Truex, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Daniel Suarez, I think would probably be the five the majority agree with as the most likely boom, that's 16. And I mean, <laughs> that doesn't leave like a crazy person missing, but I mean, with what it is right now, 11th and points would miss. Mm -hmm. we're, we're not even throwing out the possibility. This would make Daytona even crazier. If we get to like 15 different winners and you know, they're kind of close right now. I don't expect Chase I... to keep having problems, but if like Ryan Blaney or Martin Truex prefer... Jr. the points. I, and I think it's much more likely we get to Daytona with 16 winners, which still leaves a scenario where, where a winner misses. Mm -hmm. Regardless of, of... I think that's more honestly more likely than getting to Daytona with 15 winners and Blaney or Truex leading the points. I, I think it's it's more likely we get to Daytona with 16 winners, period. But that leaves a scenario where one, right, someone could straight up win that race and still miss. And two, it leaves open the possibility of, right now, I would guess, obviously it depends on who wins between now and then, I would guess it ends up being Daytona 500 winner, Austin Sindrick potentially misses the, the playoffs. 
Oh, that'd be like, something else. Like he's sitting 18th in points. He's ahead of Denny, but Denny has two wins, so it doesn't matter. Right. Right. So matter if that. Suarez is a winner, especially if he jumps ahead of him, like if Suarez jumps ahead of him, that puts us at 16 winners with him, which means if anyone else ahead of him wins Daytona, Eric Jones, who almost won Dega, uh, didn't mention him as a potential winner or as a winner in my 16, Austin Dillon, who has won Daytona, Eric Almarola, who's won at Dega. If any of those guys win, oh, look, suddenly Daytona 500 winner, Austin Sindrick out of the playoffs. I'll be. It's going to be wild. I know so. that every every week it keeps getting a little more <laughs> wilder and wilder. And, you know, throwing Kevin Harvick really back in the mix here but, a week ago, I thought he was safe. And now, or maybe yeah. not safe, but I but I wasn't worrying he, about him. He now he's out. We, we talked yeah. about Eric Almarola jumping back in, but it was at the expense of of Tyler Reddick, not at Harvick. But there's a couple guys I want to look uh, mention real quick before we look at the cut line. Um, and I, I just noticed that I want to bring it up. This was Ryan Blaney's first top five since Dirt Bristol. So wow. this punctuating the struggles that Ford have had recently. And, uh, I mean, they won the race, so it should end up being okay. And it, but it looked like Fords were going to be really strong. And for a little while, they, they weren't. There were a lot of other guys near the front, but Fords did come away with it today. Eric Almirola, this is his first top five since the season opener at Daytona, but also has already equaled his mark from last year for wins or for top fives and top tens. Uh, so much, even though he doesn't have a win, not expected to get a win, much more solid finish uh, or season so far for Eric Almirola. Uh Ross finished eighth, which is in and of itself pretty amazing when. Uh, he spent most of stage two being chased by Denny Hamlin or being blocked by Denny Hamlin. And, and punted by Chase Elliott. And punted by Chase Elliott. Uh, and also with this is past last year's top 10 mark, which, I mean, this year's obviously been better than last year, but when you're already passing those marks less than halfway through the season, that's definitely a marked improvement. Mm -hmm. uh, AJ mentioned him a little bit earlier, but certainly worthy of mentioning again. Top 10. First oval top 10 at a non-plate track since uh, he was in the 47 car Martinsville back in the first Martinsville race back in 2018. So very solid race. Those calling cars, man, I don't understand them. One, one week. Today, I mean, even during this race, like stage one, I'm pretty sure they were both like 23rd and 26th. Uh, didn't get a, a great finish, but JJ or uh, JJ, Justin Haley. Not wrong. Not wrong. It used to go by uh, Justin JJ Haley. <laughs> yeah, uh, did did rebound I think to finish in the top fifteen. Yeah, finished fourteenth. So they get a little bit. I mean, that was about what I expected Justin Haley to be able to do. To be honest, at least this year. So they've been a little bit worse than I expected, but they're showing some more speed lately. Uh, Zane Smith haven't talked about him at all, but you know when it's your first start, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, finished seventeenth in his first start in the Cup Series. Uh, on I short like notice of him today like that was you know short notice like you said really clean race i didn't see him which like you mentioned yeah. that's you a good know, thing you know sometimes when you're a rookie not being noticed is plenty solid of a day he is really putting himself in a a good situation he should not be in that truck next year i'm not gonna you know there's a lot of potential places he could go 
he should not be in the truck series next year, I, period. I think it really depends on what the opening is. Like, if your opportunities, let's say Michael McDowell retires, do you want to take the 34 or do you want to stay in the truck series? I, I take the 34. You take with, the 34. This year, with the way that this car has leveled the play, playing field, uh, McDowell, he's not as flashy, he doesn't have a win. But he has equaled his, his top five and top ten mark from last year. Now, last year he did it in the same amount of races uh, that he did this year, which was right before this race, so through, uh, what is that, 14 races. Um, but this year the, the, the tracks have been much more impressive uh, for Michael McDowell. Last year it was, obviously he won the 500, but then it was a top ten at the Daytona Road Course in Coda. And then I want to say Dega, and then the one impressive one was Homestead. Uh, this Sorry, hasn't equaled his top fives yet. Does not have any of those this year, actually. But this year, top tens at Charlotte, Darlington, and, uh, I mean, even Dirt Bristol. That's not the, I know it's a dirt track, but it's, it's still, not, it's still impress, more impressive than, like, Daytona or Talladega. Right. So I just, those cars seem faster. He... Uh, his average finish actually is over two spots higher than it was last year. Uh, right now, he has an 18.3 average finish. And I don't think Michael McDowell has suddenly gotten much better at age 37. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that magically him or that team have suddenly started producing at this level. I think it's just the reality that they are closer together. It doesn't necessarily even feel like Todd Gilliland is, is doing, like, worlds better than, like, John Hunter. Obviously, Anthony Alfredo did not do very good last year, but I think we all agree Anthony Alfredo shouldn't have been in that car. kind of just was, because it was what yeah. was open. But, I mean, Todd Gilliland is only .5 worse than the average finish that John Hunter had back in 2020. Uh, that, overall, just the, the team is better, and I think it's just because the cars allowed them to be better. So right now, I, I think I take this car when it's open because I think it's a lot more easy to impress people running top 20 than like where McDowell was running top 25 on a good day before. I mean, I, it's really going to come down to what shakes out. So like, if, if, if Martin Truex Jr. retires and Joe oh, well, Gibbs... No. Well, I was going to say, if, if, if he retires and they, they don't move Ty Gibbs into that car, I know there's rumblings and you mentioned this before not not on the podcast but like they might be wanting to target tyler reddick that was that was what i don't know if these are like inside sources that people have or just their own fantasies they're making up but supposedly tyler reddick is like the number one target for toyota well if that Uh, happens i mean that opens up a spot in the cup series for RCR. Well, for sure. I mean, Brandon, yeah, yeah, no, if you're asking me, should he take the 34 over the eight? No, that's, that's not what I'm asking. I'm just saying is like, we, we don't know where, I mean, my, my my point is just, he should not be in the truck series next year. Period. Mm -hmm. I absolutely, if we're talking like whether you take the, the, uh, what is the McDowell drive? The 34, 34, uh, you should take the 34 or, Say Riley Herbst gets the bump from Stuart Haas in the Xfinity series. And it's not Haley Deegan that ends and up it's there. It's not Haley Deegan that ends up there. Or they go to two teams and you know, one of them's Haley Deegan, one of them's an open seat, whatever, whatever, what have you. That I that car I maybe take 
that car over the 34 if McDowell decided to retire. I don't think McDowell's going to retire. Not no, I don't either. That, that, yeah. Yeah. That's just, uh, but I, that's I don't, I don't think just maybe then, but I don't take a single ride in the truck series over any actual car in the cup series. Obviously if Rick Ware or BJ McLeod, give me a call. I'm not picking up. Right. But, or even Spire with the 77, they'd have to do a lot more to prove they're trying to get better. But literally any of these other cars, I'm taking that over anything in the truck series. Any of the other 30, what are currently 30 cars on the, in the field. If someone expands, obviously it could go up. But just, just Or I guess 31, because it's unlikely. But we do have the 16 as well. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think people I think, pencil Noah into that car. I think we're all pretty in, much in agreement that Noah ends up there. I mean, hey. You know, it, that would you know, that would open up the nine in the Xfinity he's series. Been there before, not yeah. in the nine, but Yeah. I Ford yeah. would be dumb to let him go with the exception of the John Hunter to the ten rumor. Yes. I'm not going to try to argue whether or not I think one guy is better than the other. I think both John Hunter and Zane Smith are incredibly talented. Um, but but that's, the only, that's the only scenario where, like, otherwise you move stuff around. You keep... If, if that's what you have to give up, you give up Zane to get John Hunter, then sure, I'm not going to argue one way or another. But otherwise, I think if you're Ford, you do whatever you can. Because what prospects do they have other than Zane? No, they they have Riley Herbst and Haley Deegan. Or Riley Herbst, I mean, he's he's got himself to the point where I'm not saying you should throw him in a cup car, but at least he's respectable in the Xfinity series. And Haley Deegan has a lot of you know learning she needs to do. He's older. I wouldn't call him a prospect, but you do have Ryan Priest. Yeah, I was a Priest, but I just he's not a prospect. He's no, not. He's not a, he's not a prospect. You're you know, also like you know what to, he is. To, to be. Do I hope Priest gets a ride? Absolutely. I think Priest is absolutely deserved. He be, uh, deserves a ride. But if I'm Ford and I have to choose between Zane Smith or Ryan Priest to keep, I'm keeping Zane Smith. I like Ryan Priest. I think he could win in the 10 car. But at the end of the day, I don't think he's a champion caliber driver at the cup level. Maybe in the trucks or the Xfinity, not the cup. It, it's probably just, you know, you're getting a younger Eric Amarola. I don't think like, that's I don't, a, an I don't have a problem. Going into the year, I didn't have a problem with necessarily with Priest to the 10 because Zane had run good in the truck series, but hadn't really instilled a great amount of faith that he was going to do, do what he's done so far this year. Um, and, I mean, John Hunter to the 10 wasn't even on my radar because I think... Especially when you look at how things are shaking out at the cup level, I think Toyota, would, have be, there. Yeah. Toyota would be insane to let him go. I mean, I think at the cup level right now, like if Truex leaves, and this is your doomsday scenario, if Kyle Busch leaves too, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but it could. Every week the that only, goes the, by, to me, I, if I I'm, If I'm Toyota, uh, John Hunter, just because you know Ty Gibbs is not going anywhere, John Hunter's number two, assuming Reddick is because uh, thing everything we have is all it almost is always like he said she said for their contracts. Uh, what has been reported is that it's a team option for Reddick for next year for RCR. Well, if that's um, true, then so I don't obviously. Well, yeah. this this would obviously require 
them buying him out of the contract. But I, I just it, you, if you're RCR, then you do you still there are still plenty of guys. If if they come with a big bag of cash, there are still plenty of guys there because you also have to figure at that point. You don't even need a big bag of cash. Like a lot of those sponsors, I don't feel like are Reddit sponsors. A no, no, no. Like out. to get yeah. to get RCR to let Reddit go. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Like if Toyota has to go to him with a big bag of cash, is my point. Mm-hmm. To buy him out because it's not just. I don't think it just winds up being the value of the contract. You know, it's. Uh, but there are enough guys that have shown talent in the lower series that if you're convinced you're not going to be able to keep Reddit after 23. I think it's fine to just let him go. If you they pay you enough, you go get one of these other guys. I mean, that's you go seen, potentially like, get a John Hunter Nemechek. I don't know if John Hunter would go there. I really don't, as crazy as that sounds. Just because, well, I mean, I guess under this scenario, your your pipeline at Toyota becomes a little slim. It becomes, Maybe a, it becomes a, there's, a, there's suddenly yeah. a very, very solid guy in the 19. That is not going anywhere, and at that point, you figure if Kyle's sponsorship, if, you know, the, the latest rumor is like that one-year sponsor from that tech company, but it pans out to a multi-year thing, suddenly your one shot is the 11, and uh, or maybe the 20, but that seems unlikely, and yeah. uh, Ty, Ty Gibbs is getting one of those seats. So That's fair. I mean, I, at that I was, point, yeah. does John Hunter the 10, is it possible? Sure. I pick the 8 over the 10. Right now, I absolutely yeah. take the 8 over 10. Yeah. Ty, I, I Tyler Reddick is ahead of almost all of them in points, and while Tyler Reddick is incredibly talented, he also has left so many points on the table. Yes, I mean, you could argue the same with Chase Briscoe, too. Less than Tyler Reddick. Less than Tyler Reddick, yeah, sure. And even Austin Dillon has left m- more points on the table than I would argue either Harvick or Almarola has, and he's not all that far behind them in points. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that... Looking at the cutoff, where there have been some changes. Cutline is still Tyler Reddick. We did mention that, you know, we felt it was a possibility that Almarola would get back in, especially since this was a track that maybe was good for him. And he did get back in, but it was not at the expense of uh, Tyler Reddick. As Kevin Harvick goes from 31 above the cut line to two out after having a brake rotor blow very late into the race. Costing him what was uh I don't it was running like top fifteen I think yeah, not, not a great day but but, you but know, I mean it's, it's, you know, still go. cost him around twenty yeah. points uh and now just on the outside looking in and it's just gonna I mean Reddick had issues still gained points on the cut line and it just it's gonna be hard to imagine any of these guys getting Reddick unless things start falling apart again so now Harvick has to be gunning for his teammate Eric Almarola who sits eight above the cut line. Uh, Eric Jones, pretty solid day, but gained very little on the cut line, moved from 29 back to 26 back. Austin Dillon, okay day, moved seven points back from 22 outside to 27. Uh, For the day that Austin Dillon had, which was very uneventful, very much not in the front, I think you're okay with losing seven. Uh, Inside, uh, Redick uh, moved from up two to plus eight. Sorry, from plus eight down from plus eight to plus two. Uh, Almarola obviously gained points, moved from being eight out to being eight in. Uh, Christopher Bell actually lost a single point, so still right on the cusp of being one race out. Mm. Uh, or one race in, I mean. Moved from 58 to 57. One name we didn't mention, Daniel Suarez, now 60 points out, a full race out. 
another issue that listen jack broke he's cursed man he's he's cursed. how does a jack break in half in the middle of your pit stop like i, I don't know I, I hear pit gun issues like pit especially issue, sure that standardized them that, but, that happens but a jack break not a jack no i died 11 points he's now a full race out obviously can i mean he was just a couple weeks ago right not too far back he wasn't he was never like because at one point Dylan Almarola and Jones were right on top of each other, and I think at that point Suarez was like thirty back, and he's had good races and it had issues and it had good races and have issues and a lot of times has good races and in those races have issues. I guess the one saving grace is they weren't running top five this time when the issue happened. Yeah. Fair. So you know it probably hurts a little bit less, but just there they are. There's enough races that obviously he could still climb out from sixty back. He's had enough speed that, I mean, he's had more speed uh, than Dylan or uh, Jones and obviously more than Harvick or Almarola, in my opinion, at least. Um, but then, like, Dylan and Jones are both almost 30 back. So, like, he could close 30 on them, but then he has to close 30 on Almarola, which is possible. But it's getting to that point where it's, it's going to get harder and harder if they don't start getting the finishes that they deserve. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to add to that. I think you hit the nail on the head there with everything. Um, I thought maybe something to look at, and this wouldn't be on the cut line because he's already in until he had his issues today, was like, could Denny Hamlin of the recent speed you've starting to, started to see out of the 11 car, could he maybe make a run at the top 10 in points? We have enough races where if he doesn't no. have issues, well, now it's a no. That's what even, I'm saying. Even going before the issues, I'm going to go with no, just because there's a already almost a 50-point gap, or there already was almost a 50-point gap between 11th and 10th. I just don't know who in, in the top 10 he catches. Like, it has to be William Byron or Alex Bowman. Like, Listen, I, I thought with the speed you've seen from the 11 over the last like month, they have consistent top five speed. But they don't have the finishes. You think, oh, he won the six hundred. Maybe, maybe this is a turning point. Oh, just, no, no. It was, here, what, what was it? <laughs> Let me look at what. I don't know what the points were before this. Because obviously, like you said, it's kind of a a moot point now because yeah. because of the issue. But before this, uh, Denny would have been at least looks like he was about ninety. He was about ninety. Back. It's just. It's hard to imagine, because he's not catching Christopher Bell. That's not who he's catching. He'd have to catch... It wasn't going to catch Kyle Larson, so at that point you have to imagine he catches uh, Alex Bowman, who he was about 106 back of. And Bowman hasn't had the most speed over the last few weeks, but it's still hard to... It would have been hard to imagine him running him down. With, with how just up and down Ford has been, like... You could throw Joey Logano in there because there's some weeks where the 22 has looked awful, but then he goes out and wins another race. So that's another one where that would have been a really steep hill to climb, almost a mountain in all reality. And, you know, Denny Rex and Joey goes out there and wins a race. So it, it is pretty crazy to me that Chase is leading the standings. That's not crazy. But there are six guys that are 40 points or closer, and none of them are Hendrick guys. Yeah. I guess five other guys. Chase is the six. But there mm -hmm. are five other guys that are within a uh, race of the points lead. Two of them are Toyota drivers, and we know how much they struggled in the beginning of the year. 
two of them are Ford drivers, and they've struggled a lot lately. And then one is Ross Chastain. Well, so uh, Larson's getting close. He's almost within a race. Is, no, he is. He is. He's, he's, he's only 63, 63 back. I, I mean, like Bowman's 68, Byron's Bowman, 69. I, and like, I mean, like, I just can't wrap my head around Bowman this year. Like, he had the second highest average finish. We touched on that in the last episode. I don't Bill know. Has the the second highest average finish. I know if he did necessarily with how everything shook out today. He did finish 13th, but it's like, they're just not, in my opinion, they're not full, on the same By team. a full... Well, I don't know if this is updated, but the guy that was in third was Chase, and it's not it. If it is updated, it's just going to go down more. So, right? I mean, just they they don't have the speed well, like the other guys do. That's all. Bowman, like Byron, is just as confusing because Byron like, has two wins but only four top tens. I feel like Byron kind of lost any momentum at Darlington when Joey put him in the fence. <laughs> well, I mean, that still was only four races ago, like. It was, but man, like he, I I haven't noticed him like I. I will say Kansas, he was he was leading when he had the tire. He did have a tire go down there. He that was is leading fair. At Kansas when he had the tire go down. I don't. Yeah. Was he involved? I assume he was involved in one of the crashes at Charlotte, but I don't remember which one. Yeah, yeah, I think he was in that big one. Okay, so he was running like in the top yeah. ten there. Yeah, they just they That's can't hilarious. finish yeah. races. They have speed, usually more than Bowman, it seems, but. Byron just can't finish the races. So. Like, it's almost like Reddick. They have the speed, but they can't finish. Um, jumping over to things that have been up and down, and sometimes we can't finish our picks. Uh, how, how did that go this week? Well, I was, you know, all over the place. For our pick to win for the truck series, our actual straight-up pick to win, you had John Hunter. He was running well. Uh, crashed. Uh, I had Stuart Friesen. Ran top five, finished top five. Uh, Jeremy... I assume he had Zane Smith. I just wrote Smith because I'm an idiot. Uh, but I'm pretty sure it was Zane Smith. Um, had a, a solid truck at times. Uh, didn't don't remember off the top of my head where he finished, but uh, didn't certainly didn't necessarily get the finish of where he ran, but wasn't the winner. Uh, for our betting race winner, we all did pretty good. Uh, Jeremy had Matt DiBenedetto, who finished sixth. I had Johnny Sauter, who finished fifth. But you had Corey Heim. So your your betting race or your betting value winner did come through for you. It's too bad I, I looked at Christian Eckes during the race. Although I was uh I was one Tanner Gray probably away from winning that bet. Not mentioned on the podcast, but that almost worked out too. <laughs> uh for the Xfinity series, we all picked AJ to win. AJ won, big surprise. Uh for our value picks, uh Jeremy had uh Clemens who had issues, did not finish well. Uh, and so that was that. I had Brandon Jones finished 11th. You had Jade Buford, who, uh, I mean, hey, he was, he led the most laps of any of these guys. Yeah. Obviously didn't work out. And neither did our uh, head to heads. We both picked JRM guys over their teammate, Josh Barry. I had Mayer. You had Allgaier. Uh, I mean, Barry beat all, or Mayer by a good bit, but only beat Allgaier by a position, but. Still beat him. And Jeremy had Gregson over Gibbs, which was looking wrong all day and was still wrong at the end, although it was very close. I believe Gibbs finished eighth and Gregson finished ninth. Uh, in the Cup Series, you picked Christopher Bell. I picked Ross Chastain. Jeremy picked Tyler Reddick. All of us were wrong, although 
they all showed speed at times. I mean, they all showed speed at times. It's what you would expect from your your pick to win it. They all showed speed at times. Uh, Chastain still managed to go back to eighth. Who knows what it had been? He was fast. I mean, he was faster than Denny. That's why he, he wrecked him, whether it was accident or not. Tyler Reddick, in typical Tyler Reddick fashion, had issues. Still rebounded to finish uh, somewhere in the top 15, I think. I think he just got outside. I think he ended up 16th. But... You know, at least with him, it wasn't like a complete death blow like you've seen yeah. when they've had issues. They're able yeah. to recover a he, little he, bit. Well, I mean, hey, he recovered fine last week as well. It's true. Uh, he did. <laughs> and then you had Christopher Bell, who uh, finished ninth. and ran. He, they had a good car for like 15 laps, but it was like lap 15 to 30. Like yeah, it, was, you know, it was weird. It was like a medium run car, which is something you don't normally hear. <laughs> like, like they would drop back in the beginning gain spots and then lose him again it was i i watched him intently because i had a i had a pretty good size bet on him and like they they wouldn't you know shoot off good and then they would come back to him and it's like all right here comes christopher bell and then like you said about 30 laps into the run he would just drop back you know he probably in my opinion had like a seventh to fifth place car today so a little bit disappointing when you think he's gonna win the race but it's still a top 10 finish. You know, it keeps that, you know, just the momentum that he's had over the last two months or so going. So can't really be disappointed with that. The far value picks. I had Chase Briscoe started on the pole, led the first 27 laps, had a tire go down, lost a lap, took some time to get back to the front, took, had to take a wave around at one point, and, or back to on the lead lap, I mean, and just never really recovered from that. It was just so hard to pass. Uh, you had Bubba Wallace, who was running, I think, up in the top 15 at one point, but was spun in the, trying to avoid Chase when Chase uh, was in that incident with Ross Chastain, and then got put, spun, and backed into the wall a little bit by Ricky Stenhouse. I never really recovered from that damage as well. Finished 26. And Jeremy had uh, Eric Jones, Ricky Stenhouse. Jones ran good today. It was definitely the best of these picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, ran good, was near the front, finished seven, led, led a few laps, and uh, Stenhouse, I think, got up near the front on uh, pit strategy at one point, and stayed there until I think he just spun. Yeah, just just hit the wall, hit the wall, spun out, and then mm-hmm. uh, he finished back in thirty seconds. So unfortunately, I lost a few laps there. Unfortunately, ending his run of consecutive top tens, but uh, they still had some speed, so they could still bounce back. It certainly is very. I mean, it's similar-ish to New Hampshire, but the level, the amount of speed you carry into the turns here, compared, I mean, I think some guys were shifting twice at one point. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Uh, so, certainly not really like any other track we go to. It has some similarities to New Hampshire, some similarities to Phoenix, but still, uh, you don't have to, you know, if you struggle, you don't have to worry too much about it, necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. For our head-to-heads, we actually did pretty decent in these. Uh, we all had Christopher Bell over Alex Bowman. And Bell took that one. Bowman kind of invisible all day. Finished thirteenth. Uh, we had Chase Briscoe over Kevin Harvick. That was looking good, and then looking bad, and then looking great when Harvick's rotor blew and he put it in the wall. So we all won that one. Uh, you and I had Kurt Busch over Eric Almarola. Jeremy took Eric Almarola, and I'm glad he did because I would have taken Eric Almarola otherwise. Although credit to Eric Almarola, he did finish fifth. He only lost us by a couple spots over Kurt Busch. So. Uh, very solid day for him, but it does mean that we both won this one. And in the last one, we picked Chase Briscoe over Tyler Reddick. I think Chase Briscoe probably had the better car, we being me and you. Jeremy actually picked Tyler Reddick. 
while I think Chase Briscoe had the better car, at least in the beginning of the race, Tyler Reddick was able to overcome his issues better than Chase Briscoe. Tyler Reddick, 16th. Chase Briscoe, 24th. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's going to probably wrap everything up there. A, a decent fantasy showing. I really should listen to what I say on the podcast and bet my actual betting favorites because that's not the first freaking time that's happened. Um, you know, congratulations to all the winners. Um, you know, another great solid weekend of NASCAR racing. We're going to be going to Sonoma next week. Some more road course racing with the trucks and the Cup Series Xfinity Series off for the next couple weeks. I'm sure they will enjoy that. But we will be back later in the week. We'll get you set for the West Coast race out in Sonoma. It should be a really fun one out there in wine country. Until next time, guys, thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time on the Bernie Breakdown. Brandon Monroe here. Thanks for listening to the Bernie Breakdown. Remember to keep listening to us on your favorite podcasting platform. And remember to follow us at Bernie Breakdown on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and all of our other social media platforms.